Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are joined by the one and only Tom E. Curran. He comes on talking a little Cam versus Stitty, a little Nikhil Harry, and we also have a few kind of interesting discussions on top of that as well. It's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's listening i would imagine there are quite a few flakes in the ground because we're about to get hit by what by from all accounts a massive snowstorm i am praying pat there is no snow tomorrow or at least five please be wrong for once uh my parents are currently quarantined they're doing fine no no sweat at all so me and my brother my little brother are in charge of the house right now so um on top of work on top of a, a patriots thursday and I just, I don't want to go out and snow blow. I don't want to shovel. So please be a dusting. Please be wrong. Uh, but looks like we're going to get pounded. <laughs> it's so funny how, how your perspective changes, right? When you're a kid, you're like, I, you can't wait for it to uh, snow. You get the snow day. Well, now, else, it's funny. You know? Like, I feel bad for the kids. Uh, I was, a, I went to Catholic school in high school. So like snow days for me were great. We didn't have to make them up. We had a set yeah. day. We we're out. Yep. Obviously public, you got to make them up at the end of the year. Now it's like, these poor kids snow days are like, it's the worst thing. You're stuck inside. It's snowing out. You probably have to shovel and you have online class. Nope. That sucks. Not, not no around here, baby. Around. No, no. My town, my kids and both of our districts, my wife and I both teaches both of our districts and my kids district all just straight up old school, old fashioned snow day, no school, no oh, that's nothing. Good. That's good. Which is great. That's what you need. And because you're right, these kids are stuck inside. It's like get outside and, and enjoy the day. And that's really what you know, it's funny how the perspective changes. Like when you're a kid, you're just like, I just want to go outside and play in the snow and oh yeah, you know, football in the snow, nothing. Yeah, bad. everything. You know what I mean? And so but then when you're a parent, it's like or when you're an adult, you're like, Oh god, now I gotta go and snow blow and shovel and I gotta make sure I get the rock salt and everything else. And so it's just like, you know, perspective changes quite a bit, oh, you know. Sure, but uh, man. But I'm looking forward to it anyway. So we'll, you know, it should be fun. Uh, I'm stuck at home. I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. So it doesn't matter to me. Um, but you know, my my puppy, on the other hand, you know, she she got the one brief thing of snow. But my goodness, if we get buried, she's gonna go nuts. It's gonna be great. She so, love it. Oh, she like went crazy the first time yeah. we saw the snow. 
And so if there's a ton of it, I don't even know. She's going to go, she's going to absolutely lose her mind. So that's, that'll be a lot of fun being outside with the kids and the, and the puppy. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to. There you go. No, that that's cool. Dogs yeah. love the snow, especially the first time, but yeah, good, good conversation with Tommy Curran. Didn't get into his, you know, I wanted to dig a little bit cause I know he knows things and he's usually pretty good with his reporting and, um, you know, he's been so good for so long. I, I wanted to get a little more out of him on Stidham just to see is the book really closed on him. Obviously he gave us a little bit of yeah. insight there. Um, but I guess, you know, our last show we had said, it's ready. It's time. It's time. It's time. And then towards the end of the show, Belichick cams our quarterback, like he said all year. Um, and cam was not on the injury report today. First injury yep. report released today being Wednesday. Um, so I guess all signs point to, to cam, getting the nod this weekend. And I think you're right, man. I really don't think uh, they'll make a change this year, but interesting, be a really interesting off season. Obviously last year with, it feels like, dude, it really does. Like I know this year's flown by in some sense. Like, I feel like we just sat down and did the, uh, the episode right when Tom left, you know, like no. it snowed that day. I, th- yeah. I think, right. Did we get pounded with Saint, snow? St. Patrick's, was day? Patrick's day. Uh, yeah. maybe we, we might've, you might be right. I don't know. It was like dark and gloomy, like the perfect it was nasty. weather to have your childhood idol leave, right? It was just awful. And then we were yeah. quarantined. It feels like we just did that. Now we're just right away, three weeks away yep. from mock drafts and what the hell is going on. And Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's kind of flown by this year, as bad as it's been. It's true. No, it's true. And one, it's funny. One of the things we didn't talk about with, with Tom, but you know, but we, we could talk about very, very briefly right now is, is the fact that technically – they're still not out of it. And even if if they win this weekend, even if the Raiders and the Ravens both win, technically they're still not out of it if they win this weekend. So it's kind of fascinating. We all know Belichick's track record with uh, rookie quarterbacks. They're missing a ton of pieces on offense. Looks like Gasecki's going to miss the game. It looks like um, Devontae Parker's going to miss the game. Gaskin's going to miss the game, it looks like. So like it seems like the Patriots should roll in this game. But at the same time, B-Flow has them playing really well. The Patriots always play crappy in Miami. Uh, I am not confident at all in this game. And so it's it's going to be really interesting to see. If they lose, obviously they lose, it's over. It's basically over anyways. But if they lose, it's done. You know, and so and so I think I almost want them to lose because then it's like we don't have to sit there talking about, oh, well, you know, if – all these teams lose out and the pictures went out. Like they could still make it. It's like, no, I just, just end it. Just be done. I, I'm, I'm ready to pull the, you know, pull the cord, right. On, you know, pull the plug and, and be done. You know, I'm ready for that. Yeah. It's, it, it's weird saying that. And like, you know, people call you a fake fan and it's just, no, being realistic. It's, it hasn't right. been their year. The circumstances were, weren't great. And the, I think the odds were stacked up against them really since, they couldn't get guys in the building and have a normal off season. I think that's a, a, you know, not even an excuse. I think that's pretty realistic, you know, like a lot of turnover, a lot of guys playing at key spots and they just really didn't have a lot of on time, you know, on field work with them. Um, So I'm ready, ready to go into next year with that cap space, see how they, you know, they spend it. I hope they keep a lot of it in house with Tooney and Andrews and white and, 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 you know, all these guys that are free agents, I think Lawrence Guy as well, there's a ton of free agents that they have. Um, obviously, the draft and what they're going to do at quarterback, it's it's scary because it seems like they don't have a lot of plan, a plan, especially a quarterback. But at the same time, it's it's intriguing and interesting, and I'm ready to get into the, all these hypotheticals. Yeah, no, I, and that's that's the thing. You know, let's 
let's let's kind of move it forward. This season has sucked. It's been a it's been a crap season for for Patriots fans, and of course, you know, with with Brady being gone, and you know, the season kind of going the way it's going. That's that's kind of what we want, right? Is that let's get into the hypotheticals, let's get into the talking about you know all the different things that they can do and where they're going to go and and everything else. And I think that that's going to be the fascinating part about it for for Patriots fans at least moving forward. So, uh, you know, as as much as it's going to suck, it's like like I said, yeah, okay. There's a there's technically they have a four percent chance of making the playoffs. Technically, it could happen, but like realistically, it's just it's just not likely. And so, you know, for me, it's like okay just be done with it. You know, like then we can move on to that. Hey, what should happen next year? Or, you know, the last two games are out of it. Who should they start or who should go in or, you know, what should they, what should their game plan be like? Because even if, even if you play cam over steady, right. Fine. But like give Nikhil some more opportunities. We talk about it with, with Tom a little bit, give Nikhil a few more, a few more opportunities, throw it up to him, see what happens. Like see if he can be, uh, you know, a, a, a possession receiver who can muscle his way into those catches. You're not taking those chances right now, but you can if you're out of the playoffs and, and it doesn't matter whether you win or not. And I think that that's something that, you know, from a Patriots perspective, I think those are, are fun things to talk about that we can kind of go through uh, as opposed to, you know, talking about them missing out on the playoffs and, oh, they still have a chance and all this crap. Like, I'm done with that. I hear you. I, I feel the same way, Pat. All right, well, let's get into that interview. Thanks, thanks again for uh, for listening, guys. We really, really appreciate it, and uh, and we'll be back with you next week. All right, we are extremely pleased to welcome onto the show the host of Quick Slants and the Tom Curran's Patriots Talk podcast. It is, of course, Tom Curran. Tom, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it, man. Spags, Pat, good to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. We're uh, we're happy you made the time, and I know you're. A busy man around uh, around NBC Sports Boston, uh, recording things on TV, on podcasts, everything else, and uh, and so we appreciate you making some time. Absolutely. So, Tom, how if you don't mind me asking too, like I should have asked you this off the air, but I guess it's relative to kind of what's going on in the world. So, when you guys are in studio now, kind of recording, is it like is there testing you got to go through or? Is everyone just kind of, you know, social distancing and just kind of going about their business? Uh, no, there's pretty strong procedures in place because we've moved to a new facility at Boston Media Center in Needham. That's right. And we have NBC10, uh, Univision, and Neckin in addition to ourselves. So we can't have the place overloaded with people. So we scan for temperature when we go in. Obviously, if you're not feeling well, please stay home. And then we're masked up throughout the building, and then we can unmask in the studio while we're on, but put the mask back on uh, when you're not on air. And, you know, we're taking good care, as, as everybody is, to make sure that everything is clean and we're, you know, honoring all the things that we need to honor to make sure that we're in compliance and keep doing them from the studio because it's a lot better than from the house. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. it's tough. It's it's got to be challenging, but right now, but it's good that you guys are going through the going through the procedures. But also, I'm sure nice to be in the building, uh, and and getting things done to at least feel a little bit of normalcy. You know, obviously things are completely different and up in the air and crazy, but at least you get a little bit of that. You know, absolutely. I mean, it's it's hard. I, I'm sure it's you know from our vantage point as media members covering the Patriots and and for the fans, it's obviously a weird year to not be able to build your Sundays or your Monday nights or your Thursday nights around 
I'm going to the game. And for us to, to not have an opportunity to talk face-to-face with players and build the relationships that we've had over the course of time, um, it's far different. But I'm really happy, given where we were maybe in June and July, and the scrutiny and doubt as to whether or not we'd even have a season, that, that we're here on the brink of the 14th game for the Patriots. Right. No, it's definitely true. So crazy times for everyone, but, you know, it is what it is, and, and we'll kind of go from there. So let's, let's get right into the football here. Um, man, this, this whole Cam Steady thing is really interesting, and I thought your poll uh, the other day that you put out, I thought just illustrated the exact idea that what people are looking at. 4,000 votes on it, by the way. Uh, you know, and the four options were this is stupid. Basically, what you said is who should start a quarterback for Patriots against the Dolphins? The four options were this is stupid, Cam. Cam with a quick hook, reluctantly Stidham. This is stupid, Stidham. And <laughs> this is stupid, Cam won, but it had 37%. And you, you look at the percentages 37, 25, 15, 23. So it's like nobody knows what the hell is going on. Every The entire Pats Nation is completely split. No one knows what's happening. Uh, you know, what do you think, first of all? And what do you, well, I think we have an idea of what the Patriots are going to do. I think we know actually what the Patriots are going to do, but. What do you think they should be doing? And, you know, do you agree or disagree with, with what their decision-making is? I don't disagree with it because it does give them the best chance to win, to have a quarterback on the field who can be a multi-tiered threat. And for all we've talked about, the limitations and the throwing statistics that Cam has this year, when we talk, and I was asked today on EEI, have you ever seen a worse quarterback than Cam Newton play for the Patriots? I said, of course I have. Have I ever seen a worse thrower? Probably not. Have I ever seen a worse quarterback? Sure. And that's because the quarterback play that you're getting has to encompass the run threat that has delivered you a win in the opener against the Dolphins, that has been a factor even in the game that he threw poorly against Arizona. His ability to run helped deliver you after he threw the idiot pick, a first down, and then drew a flag to put him in position to win the game. So, they're doing what they should do, given the, situa- given the situation that they're in. And also, I mean, as much as you guys are all for Jarrett Stidham, and I don't blame that, blame me for that. No one can be blamed for saying, I'd like to see a guy who can throw overhand and move around the pocket quickly and get the ball out with some accuracy. Everybody wants to see that. But I think the Patriots' main misgiving is that Stidham just not has, ha- has just not had that Jimmy Garoppolo against Kansas City moment that made them say, all right, this guy just came into a blowout and he grabbed the offense by the throat and he plowed it down the field in a way that it hadn't been before and the other players responded and he looked good doing it. And the opportunities that Stidham has gotten primarily beginning the camp, but even in the snapshot since, he has not really done anything that makes him say, well, that's, that's, we need a longer look at that. And that is why we continue to see Cam Newton get rolled out there. Now, it's interesting, too, because I, I wrote a piece a few weeks ago. It obviously got a lot of uh, controversy, basically saying that I, I felt Stidham should have an opportunity again in 2021 to be the guy. And it simply was, and I want to get your take on this, too. I felt even in March, in April, in May, when all signs were pointing towards that, obviously Cam came in in late June, that the odds were really stacked against him in terms of, you know, a second-year guy, second year in the system, no offseason, no minicamp, no OTAs, not a normal training camp. 
that the odds were really stacked against him in that case that, you know, he really couldn't grab you know, um, get a feel for the room and be the leader or I know they're probably somewhere in the first up there's a bunch of hypothetical snaps, right? They could trade up, someone could fall into their lap, you know, something like that. But it's looking like I, it's not crazy to rule out them coming back to the impact of that sort of competition. So I just long story short, get him buried to them and does he have a chance, maybe not this year, but maybe next year to kind of be that guy that they that they hoped him to be this year. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because Colt McCoy said that the one thing that really limited his development in 2011 was the fact that after his rookie year with Cleveland, when he was not a bad player, he didn't have an offseason in 2011. And he said that set back his entire career. And if Colt McCoy and Jared Stidham, if Jared Stidham has Colt McCoy's career, that's not a horrible thing at this point. Colt McCoy has had some good starts. He's won some games. He's not... A top-tier guy. I don't know if he's ever Pete been Belichick, a dozen quarterback. rookies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you're not wrong about that, and I do think that there's no reason to cut Jared Stidham at all. You know, you continue with him in the program and see what else you can add in terms of a veteran. I don't think bringing back Cam Newton's a great idea, but there's a whole pool of quarterbacks that they're going to have to swim in and try and figure it out, and then the draft. But there's no reason to... I mean, nothing that Stidham has done has been so extraordinarily bad that you say, like, he can't continue here. So keep him in the mix, keep him in the building, and maybe the opportunities that he didn't seize this year, he seizes next year. No, I agree. And you talk about Cam next year, and I think it's fascinating because you have one kind of side of Twitter, like Brian Phillips, and we love you, Brian, but, you know, like – guys like that that are basically just saying well if cam had weapons he'd be fine right he's a lot better than people are giving him credit for and you know he's played better than we think because of this analytic or that analytic or whatever the case may be um you know i i think you're pretty clear on the stance i i thought i thought your article about why you were done with cam was very well written it was very well articulated i think you you know you said basically what what i've been thinking all along which is that you know Cam's done a good job. He's come in. He's been very professional. He's he's given the Patriots the best opportunity to win. But we've seen that he's really not the guy for the future. And, you know, and and, and we're ready to move on. And so, um, you know, I guess I guess obviously there's always a chance they bring him back. But I think you're probably on the side where you don't want to see him back next year, right? Right. I mean, when you look at yeah, I mean, Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird have played they have emptied their buckets this year and done as as well as you could expect a, a guy who's been a third or fourth receiver previously in Bird and was an undrafted guy in his second year in Myers. They've done all they really could, I think, in this offense and to make themselves available. And Nikhil Harry remains Nikhil Harry, but their progress, I think, is being a little retarded by the fact that you can't just – get a good read on it. There was a play, I think it might have been against Arizona, and I mentioned this with Phil Perry a fair, fair amount of times as being kind of a case study in limitations. There was a play where and they singled up, they, they put the camera isolated on cam on uh, Nikhil Harry, who worked his way 
from the left-hand side of the formation after the snap, probably about eight yards deep at the linebacker level. And he was, no one was around him for the entire way across the field. And then finally, as he approaches the sidelines, you guys might actually remember this. He approaches the sidelines, he runs out of real estate, and he turns up, as he's supposed to do, and Cam kind of throws it behind him and over him and gets tipped. And He was open for a large portion of the route, and I don't think that there was anything going on that was preventing Cam from delivering the ball in terms of pressure. But just hit him. Throw it to him. Throw him the, throw him the six-yard pass. But you, know, you see the limitations with those. You see the limitations with um, Edelman when he was in there. And certainly Edelman was hurt and, and limited, but you, know, you throw him behind him on crossers. James White has had a really arduous year, his worst year, certainly, and I think it's because Cam's just not accurate throwing sideways because his lower body just does not move very quickly and he can't get himself aligned correctly to throw those shorter throws with precision. So it's, it's not helping anyone really in the passing game, and it's a passing league. Yeah, and you touched upon the wide receivers a little bit, and I want to get into a little reporting that came in today. And obviously, I, I guess who knows if it's true, you know, how, how the quotes got twisted, whatever. But I, I think it's an I don't interesting think quotes, conversation. Just, let me just say this. Quotes don't get twisted. I know yeah, Henry that, McKenna. I, There's I, nobody yeah. in this economy who's going to sit down and say, gee, it's probably good for me and my family and my career if I make up a bunch of quotes and no one's going to notice. Thank I mean, you for putting no it does that. I, I feel only, the same way. Right? He got only caught so handed and didn't want the bad news. Yeah, I, I, I guess. There's it. only so much you can take out of context, right? I mean, like, he yeah. said he was taken out of context. And Spag's going to read the quote in a second. He said he was taken out of context. But, like, I'm not really sure what context that could have been said in in a positive light. But you And know, I, I actually knows. reached out to him and said, you know, props to you for sticking by your report. Like, you know, a lot of people come and guns blazing at you. And he said, I appreciate it. So... Uh, quote, you know, obviously Nikhil Harry's trainer says Cam Newton's partly to blame for the wide receiver's lack of production, which I think is is true, half, right? I mean, and the quote is, quote, we've got some, we've got to put some of that expletive on Cam. Cam hasn't been the most accurate this year. Like, if Nikhil had Tom Brady, Tom Brady would have fed him. Uh, he didn't last year, but, but we're back there with Cam, and Cam's getting acclimated to the offense, too. Right, so I think both of that is certainly true. Um, I do think Cam can certainly limit his wide receivers just because of, you know, his ability. He can't really throw downfield. His receivers have to run a very, you know, they can't really run complex routes and and can't get a lot of separation, which, you know, limits them in the passing game. But Nikhil Harry is not, you know, blowing everybody away, creating separation, making big play after big play, and just not getting a look his way. Um, I thought it was an interesting situation because I think both of it is kind of true. I, and I'm not the all of it, all of it Harry true. Fan, but... I mean, the, the the footwork king Rashad Whitfield, and I watched some of his videos. He knows what he obviously knows what he's doing. He's got C.D. Lamb and uh, Darius Slay and a lot of guys. He's, Nico he's, Hardman. Yep. He's he's excellent at at teaching proper footwork. Nothing that he said is groundbreaking or revolutionary, and we can all certainly agree with it, that he is limited by having Cam Newton throw to him. So is everybody else. So I don't think it's explosive. It's just speaking fact. And, uh, you know, he didn't like the fact that it's out there because he's got a business. And, you know, if he becomes radioactive to clients because clients start thinking, that ah, he might throw my quarterback under the bus if I'm not playing well, he's going to have to go out there, the footwork king is, and say that's not what happened, and now I have to call Cam, which is actually what he also tweeted out. Yeah. Um, 
So if there's a little CYA going on, that's fine. None of it's inaccurate. Um, you know, there's a reason that Nikhil Harry didn't get thrown to by Tom Brady, and it's because yep. he had a high ankle sprain in August that he didn't return from until November. Now, Again, yeah. I think part of that probably was attributable to the Patriots saying, okay, let's put him in research and development for the next nine weeks and then bring him out and see how he does. And he didn't really do great. I mean, I don't think he embarrassed himself completely. I think we overstate it. And I think the Patriots felt the same way. You know, there's, there's things we could have done better for Nikhil. And I'm sure that Brady would have been a little bit more amenable to trying to, to feature Nikhil the way he used to do with Brandon LaFell. Remember Brandon LaFell used to have to be thrown mm-hmm. to in the first drive, every drive, every game right. to yeah. get him going? Uh, if you have to do that, do that. And if you have to do that with Nikhil, do that. He'd be having a better year as a wide receiver with Tom Brady here. None of that is, is inaccurate. So that that's my take on this, and yeah, me too. I just don't think it's gonna. It's not gonna rock the locker room. It's not gonna diminish right. Nikhil Harry in in Cam Newton's eyes. Cam Newton's seen more controversy than this, and it's not gonna bother him. I don't think. So it's no, and, yeah. not a big deal to me. With Nikhil too, I guess now finishing up his second year, I know it's obviously been disappointing, and he obviously gets compared to the guys that were taken after him, which I, I think at some levels is a little out outlandish a little bit like right some people go to better systems like DK Metcalf's got Russell Wilson and it's just obviously with fit and how well they can step in and succeed where Nikhil like you said missed the first 10 weeks kind of got sidelined was in research and development and then this year is obviously limited with with a quarterback who really can't throw the ball downfield right so I guess in the future with Nikhil is it you know he's not going to be a first round wide receiver that just catches the roll on fire going to catch you know, 75 to 80 balls, go over 1,000 yards, and have 10-plus touchdowns. But I don't think it's a, necessarily a bad thing if, for starting next year, he's your wide receiver three, and you get some guys around him that can kind of live, you know, put him in a better situation to succeed. Because I always thought he was a guy that you get the ball in his hand in space and let him do things athletically and make some plays on the boundary, go up and get it. That's where he's, you know, his skill set is, you know, uh, much better for the offense, and I just don't. I think they've been limited the last two years in the ways they can use him. Yeah, and I don't think that he has like Stidham, but even more so with with Harry because of his draft position. You have to answer the bell, and we saw during training camp, came out guns blazing, had some excellent practices, and then he was gone. And then he came back and he had a tepid practice, and then the next day he had an unbelievable practice, and then he was kind of quiet again. So he's just not able to string days together. And he's 22 years old, might be 23 now. But, um, and as the, uh, as the dad of three young men who are about that age, I can only imagine how stressful it has to be for him. You know, he was, uh, I can't remember, unfortunately, the island that he was born on. He moved here as a teenager to live with his grandmother in, um, I think it was Chandler, Arizona. Uh, she was a huge impact on his life. He went to Arizona State. He just hasn't not a real worldly guy prior to coming here and the pressures of working in this organization and the skill set you need the lunch pail attitude I don't know if he yet has it but he's still young enough to maybe have that go on but at some point you start to say as well well kind of is what he is and to say well if he's a 40 catch guy who can carry the ball 15 times and maybe get in the end zone six times for you through the air and 
you know, be a threat on jet sweeps. It's not what you're looking for for a first-round wide receiver. Right. So oh. it's, fair, it's fair to hold him to that other measure. And it's more fair, though, to look at the Patriots and say, well, what was wrong with even morons like me who could say Sterling Shepard, Patriots should get Sterling Shepard, Tyler Lockett. Why don't the Patriots get Tyler Lockett? Perfect Patriot. Hunter Renfro. I mean, any moron watching these games in college for the last few years or the combine or the coverage of the draft could say, what about this wide receiver? What about this tight end? And when the Patriots outright don't pay attention to the position and then the guy they draft is just so staggeringly underwhelming, is it the player or the team that you say this is a shortcoming? And again, for all the Patriots fans out there, and that's probably nothing, that's what the entire audience is, they hit on undrafted guys. They right. hit on Adam Butler and J.C. Jackson and Jonathan Jones and you name it, and that is all to the good. But part of the reason they are where they are with their roster is high-end talent that they haven't hit on in first and second rounds since right. 2012. No, and I agree. And, that's, and I think the thing is, and the problem with Nikhil, right, where we're at, is that I think he is what he is, right? I, I think that, you know, unfortunately, he's always going to be judged on the guys that got taken after him. But that doesn't mean that he has to suck, right? He could be an okay player, and that's more on the team than it is on him. But, like, I think we've seen the last few weeks, like, throw it up. Just throw it up to him and see what happens. Like, he's a big-bodied guy. He's been willing to go up and, and, and make those contested catches. That catch on the sideline was now wasn't great. It wasn't the best timing on the jump for the defender. But the fact is that he's going up and making those contested catches we should right. be seeing that more often, and we're not. Well, and so it's like, you know, what are we doing? I agree with you, but here's the here's the flip side of that. You are a team with a razor-thin right. margin for error, and Cam has had that drilled into his head, and that's because he's had it drilled into his head. They were able to win four out of five or whatever it was. So the idea of just take a shot, Cam has been, had it hammered into him. Do not just take a shot. So that's why we don't see more of those plays. And the play that he did make that catch, I think, was a second and 20 or a third and 20. Yeah. Where it was, whatever, let's just try it. And he made the play. So, again, that comes back to who is throwing to him and how has that impaired his progress. So it's, it goes back to the, the Newton conversation and whether or not he should be there. And would Nikhil be, right now, a 45-catch guy if Jared Stidham was a quarterback this year? I mean, that that remains to be seen as well. Right. No, I agree. So if you have time, we do want to do one more thing with you here. You were talking about young talent. And, um, you know, the MLS draft is going on, expansion drafts going on right now. And I thought it might be a, kind of a fun exercise. I, I wrote a, well, it hasn't come out yet, but by the time the podcast comes out, it'll be out. I wrote an article about, um, you know, keeping 10 players. So protecting 10 players from an expansion draft. So just, you know, for anyone listening, just to clarify, that's not saying the other 43 guys are gone and you're starting with 10. That's saying these 10 guys are the guys that they can't touch. So the other 43 guys might, you know, could be could be taken, might not be taken. Um, but these 10 guys are like, you can't touch these guys. These are the guys that I absolutely 100% have to have. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of run through that exercise. I thought it might be fun um, sure. just to kind of look at, at, at what the uh, what the list is. So I don't know if I, I, I don't mind starting because I have my list right in front of me. So I went with Kyle. I went with three rookies from this year. So Kyle Duggar, Michael Onwenu, and Josh Uche. To me, those three guys are just like 
I mean, Duggar, obviously, you see the potential there. Uche, same thing. And Onwenu has been, you know, one of the best offensive linemen in the league, for goodness sake. Forget about rookies. One of the best offensive linemen in the league, period. And then I'm going to stay on the O-line, and I, I went with Tooney. I went with uh, two corners, Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. And Gilmore is a guy that I think might be gone next year, maybe even in the offseason. But you can't let a guy that's like the best player in his position just walk for nothing. So you have to hold him, even if you don't keep him. You know what I mean? Uh, and then I, I went with Chase Winovich. For this Winovich. exercise, sure. Right, for this exercise. Right, exactly. So I went with, uh, with Chase Winovich. I went with James White, who we talked about earlier, but I love James White, and he brings such a unique skill set to the team. Adam Butler, and then Devin McCourty, because I just Devin McCourty has to retire as a Patriot. He can't play anywhere else. He is a he is like the Patriot way. He is the Patriots. So that that's my that's my ten right there. That was a quick ten, Pat. It was a quick. Here you 10. go. Go ahead, Spags. Yeah. So for me, I got the three rookies oh, right. On Wenu, um, Duggar, Uche, for the same reasons that you had mentioned. I went with Andrews as well. He's another guy like McCordy, who's also on my list. Just screams a patriot. I, I can't see him or, or stomach him in another uniform. I know he's a UFA at the end of the year. Winovich, J.C. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, I had said McCordy. I think that's nine. And mm-hmm. I will go with... Um, Damien Harris, too, honestly. Damien Harris. Damn. I, I, finally, I wanted to have the novelty of Damien Harris. Yeah, I, I just – finally, they got a three-down back, I think. Felger would be pissed at you. For uh, saying yeah, Damian I know, Harris. but whatever. It's <laughs> He's he just a guy who – when he when – he, he reminds me so much of, like, a, a Fred Taylor. Like, when he when he gets the ball, he's just gone. It's he, like he shot he, out of a cannon. Can run through the tackles, <laughs> outside the tackles, anything. I, I love me some Damien Harris. I love a running back who runs violent and, and heavy. Uh, give me some Damian Harris. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Damian Harris, uh, Uche Duggar, and um, J.C. Jackson. I'm missing somebody else that you got. Oh, and Wino. So I'm at five. Yeah. Yep. Jake Bailey. Oh, I forgot. Uh, about him. That's a great he just Jake Bailey. List. I love me some Jake Bailey, but he's a freaking I mean, he punter, is. dude. Like I just he's couldn't. The best. He's I couldn't the best. do it. He is. Hunter I agree. By, I'm glad you picked him because I right freaking now. love Jake Bailey. Um, so there you're at six. Um, for the exercise, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say Tooney. Uh, I'm going to also say Lawrence Guy. Yep. That gets me to eight, I believe. Yes, it is. Yep. I'm not a huge Chase Winovich guy. I think he's a little overrated. I All think right. John Simon's probably better than him down in and down out. But I'll say Chase Winovich because of the age. Okay. And uh, Cam Newton, I right? Can't go, <laughs> I can't go protecting Jacoby Myers, can I? Uh, yeah. Hey, listen. We're all about the we're all about the unsung guys here, man. I'd be okay with you choosing Jacoby Myers. That's fine by me. I'm going to go with Jacoby Myers. Love all it. right, I'm skipping Dev. I mean, I'd I say Chung it. or Hightower. Here, I would say Chung or Hightower perhaps before Devin. Here's your problem as we do this exercise. This is the scary reality that people have to start examining when they look at the Patriots' hall of cap space. Adam Butler's a free agent. Lawrence yeah. Guy's a free agent. Gilmore is not going to play on the contract that he's got coming to him, not when other guys are making $20 million and he's going to be making $7 million next year. Yeah. Um, Devin McCourty's up in two years. Hightower is 
maybe going to come back, maybe not. We'll have to see. Patrick Chung's over 30. Edelman's 34. Um, Tooney's a free agent. Andrews is a free agent. James White's a free agent. I mean, <laughs> a number of the guys that we're mentioning here as can't lose them are, holy crap, plows everywhere. I didn't see that second plow coming. Um, I'm driving. Yeah. But I'm hands-free. Um, but so that, I think, is something that people have to appreciate when they look at, oh, Allen Robinson's going to be a free agent. Maybe they can go get this guy to play quarterback for $10 million or something like that as a bridge to whoever they draft. There are a lot of core players on this team on both sides of the ball who are pivotal players. And I think Guy and Butler are primary because they're the best mm-hmm. defensive linemen they have um, that are going to be free agents. The team is going to have to dip into its salary cap pie and eat it with a lot right. of these guys. So that, that's daunting to me. I agree. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I mean, thank God they have a ton of cap space, but, like, there is a ton of guys. And Lawrence Guy is, you know, he's a player that I feel like is extremely – I guess he's not underrated because we talk about how underrated he actually is. And so around here, we know how good he is. But I feel like outside of New England, we don't realize, you know, they don't realize how good he really is, I think, on the interior of the defensive line. And Adam Butler is a guy that's really come along. I mean, he looks like maybe not exactly the same type of player, but that's like an an Akeem Hicks type of player to me, where Akeem Hicks came in, dominated for, didn't do it for, for a ton of time, but dominated, and then we let him go, and he was, like, one of the best defensive linemen, you know, in the entire league for, you know, for a few years in Chicago. And I see that in, in Adam Butler, and I'm like, you can't let that guy go because he's good against the run and explosive against the pass. You know, that's a – excuse me, that's a guy that, that is, is, like, top priority for me as far as, uh, you know, free agents coming back. Yeah, and that's one thing that you can look at what Bill does well – Generally speaking, defensive linemen and cornerbacks, he's going to find them. Yep. And fortunately, I think Duggar is going to be the best player on their defense very soon, probably as early as next year. He's going to be their best defensive player because of the number of places they can use him, the aggressiveness and nastiness he brings, the maturity he brings. Yeah. Um, but that's, that, to me, at least you have that spot covered, which I think has cried out over the last few years, to to be filled and and they've passed on a number of um better safeties and Mm -hmm. god bless them and you know your first reaction of lenore ryan is why what what are you doing and pretty quickly you could realize that they actually zigged away from the sec and the big schools and went after a jamie collins type athlete who i think is probably more in many ways, mature, professional, and seasoned than Collins was when he arrived in New England. Yeah. No, I'm excited about him. And, and, I mean, we we talked about it. We got three rookies on and consensus on our list, three rookies. They knocked all those picks out of the park, which is great. Yeah, but part of of the reason they're there is because they're rookies. Well, that is true. They have their whole career ahead of them. That is very true, but they. I but mean, they we know have, none of us protected Isaiah Win, which is kind of cuckoo when you think about it. Like, that That's might true. be a swing and a miss. So, I, don't know. I I like Win when he's on the field. The problem with Win is that he's just not on the flipping field. I love Win when he's on the field. I just don't know if he can consistently stay on the field. You know that that's right. so. Who the heck knows? But but we'll see. All so right. Tom, thank thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Listen, one one last fun question before I let you go because it is the holiday season. When you're when you're snuggling on the couch with Bo, 
your dog, Bo, if anyone doesn't, <laughs> yep. doesn't follow you on Twitter, when you, you're struggling with Mrs. Curran and, and Bo, what are you guys sitting down watching around the holiday season? What's your favorite go-to holiday movie? Oh, boy. Uh, it has to be It's a Wonderful Life in general, yeah. I just it's, it's such an unbelievable movie. And for anybody who likes documentaries, um, Frank Kafka, who did that movie, was you know, obviously a Hollywood producer. If you if you like documentaries, watch the World War Two documentary called Five Five Came Back. It's about Hollywood producers in the forties who were summoned by Washington to help with the war effort to try and win the hearts and minds of young American men. And how these five great directors and producers went into the different theaters and produced different things and their contributions and then what they did when they came back um, and some of the masterpieces that they, you know, were able to, to make in, uh, in film when they came back. It's a really good look at Frank Kafka because, you know, it's a wonderful life is unbelievably (laughs) deep and raw in a lot of ways and ahead of its time, I think in terms of a character study of, you know, just a lot of things, which yeah, dealing, dealing with dealing with those types of issues wasn't necessarily uh, in the forefront of society at that time. So you're right. It was it was definitely ahead of its time. I agree. It's a good pick. Yeah, so it's a, good, it's a solid asking. pick. Thank you. It's a solid pick. So uh, not Tom, that novel. But... No, but that's OK. But it's still a good pick. And, and you get some good reasoning. But it's not just like, well, you know, I'll just pick the most famous one. You know, you get some you get some real reasoning. And then. A documentary uh, suggestion on top of that? Like, okay, you're bringing something to the table. I mean, I, yeah, it was good stuff. So nice. All right. Well, listen, All right, plug guys, yourself. I appreciate it. I, you you want to plug yourself before you go, too, just so everyone knows, like, where I mean, they should know where the hell to find you. But 100%. If they, you, know, you can don't. find me on Twitter at Tommy Curran. Quick slances on Tuesdays at six o'clock. Of course, Patriots Wednesday Live. You can catch on NBC Sports Boston on Wednesdays. Thursdays, the Patriots Talk podcast will be on at six o'clock. You can also subscribe to the podcast. And we'll have pregame and postgame live two hours prior to each game and immediately following the game so you can keep all up to date with Matt Castle, Ted Johnson, and a cast of thousands bringing you all the information and analysis of the New England Patriots as they embark upon a rebuild that you couldn't have a more successful coach and uh, personnel man to be in charge of than Bill Belichick. And God bless us. We're very lucky to cover this team. And I'm not even being smarmy on that. It's been very lucky to do that. Love it. Love it. Thanks, great. Tom. I appreciate it. Uh, Merry Christmas. Hope you have a great uh, holiday. Stay safe. All right, guys. Uh, Merry Christmas. Take care of yourselves. Take care, Tom. Thanks a lot.